Our gospel today is Mary's response to the wonderful words that the Archangel Gabriel gave her. It's her inaugural moment as the new Eve. She has come to replace the old Eve, the one that was full of disobedience and brought sin to us all. And Mary's obedience is something that transforms that. Um, the knot of Eve's disobedience was untied by Mary's obedience. So at that moment when the archangel says to her, this is what your vocation is, God has called you to this, Mary said, let it be done to me according to your word. And in Latin, we don't have to have a full Latin lesson here, but the, it's important to know this word, fiat. Fiat, let it be done to me. Let it be so. And this is not, to put it in our language, because people don't understand fiat very well. If you said, I want to give you my fiat, they said, I didn't know you had one of those fancy Italian cars, you know? <laughs> but this is a very beautiful moment. And here's an interesting question. Do you remember, or do you know, the first time that word fiat was used in the Bible? in its Latin form, the third verse of the Bible, where we read in that verse, uh, God said, let there be light. Fiat lux, and there was light. And to hear the word fiat done in that context is very helpful because it really shows us how intent the Blessed Mother was to say, you said it, God, it shall be. It's very powerful, her faith here. The early Christians who had been converted from paganism to the Christian faith had to learn the lesson that Mary was teaching here. When they were pagans, they certainly believed in a god or in the gods, but the whole pagan religion was about how to get the gods on your side. They would do anything and say anything that would make the gods willing to grant them favors. And as Christians now, their relationship to God will be altogether different. The true God looks for faithfulness from his people, not scheming opportunism. And the acceptable sacrifice is, of love, is love and obedience. This is one of the wonderful lessons that our Blessed Mother teaches us at this moment when she says her fiat. Just think about her, where she would be tonight if we move it all the way back to that time when Christ was born.
very near to delivering her child on the road from Nazareth to Bethlehem, somewhere probably north of Jerusalem at this point, on the road, not knowing what waits at the other end, but she knows that she has been called by God for this purpose. We expend so much anxiety worrying about the decisions that we must make in our daily lives, and every one of them is potentially life-changing. Many of us are control freaks. We keep an anxious eye on the horizon. We're alert for the approach of fate and those unforeseen circumstances that could force our lives in an unwelcome direction. But what if we didn't have to worry? What if we could live so much by faith that we could have absolute confidence in God's providential care for us? Here we are walking with the Blessed Mother. Are you where you want to be in your life right now? Are you in a place that you thought you'd never be? Through our own choices or through circumstances beyond our control, we may find ourselves taken to places where perhaps we really didn't want to go. And yet the Lord is so full of mercy and his grace is so all-sufficient that he will not abandon us no matter where that place may be. He will get us to where we need to be. He will get us there where he wants us. And those who live by faith, those who seek to be in God's will, can never really be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So Mary prayed, be it unto me according to thy word. And she did so as she began the greatest journey ever undertaken by a human being when God interrupted her life at the Annunciation. May it be so that we can pray this prayer for ourselves and consecrate our lives with the faith that God will get us home. He will get us to the place that he wants us to be. I love the way that St. Cyprian, that early church father, put the matter in one of the earliest commentaries that we have on the Lord's Prayer. When we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're not praying that God's will can be done. He is God. He can do whatever he wants. And we're certainly not praying that he will do what we want, but we're praying that we may be able to do what God wishes. So when you pray the Lord's Prayer, when you pray that prayer that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, put yourself right in the middle of that prayer and say, Lord, I don't exactly know where this is all going, 
but I am giving you my fiat. You say, let it be done, and I say, amen, let it be done. That's the Blessed Mother's wonderful lesson for us tonight. And dear friends, I can't think of a better, surer road to serenity and happiness than to be able to look up to heaven and say with all of your heart and mind and soul and strength, thy will be done. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, praise God, here we are. And this weather reminds me of the time when I lived in Laredo, Texas. I lived there for three years. And one thing I missed so much was the snow. As I saw Christmas lights on cactus, I said, nope, that doesn't do it for me. So we have a a snowless Christmas this year. We'll just have to try to imagine it or maybe ask the ski uh, resorts to lend us their snowmakers. I've never tried that. But I take a moment to welcome uh, the visitors that have joined us here this morning. God bless you. We always love having you here with us, and we hope you'll come back and join us another time. So I want to keep this message this morning uh, rather brief because we're getting ready, as you know, to celebrate the the great feast. And I know brief is not one of my gifts, but I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try. When David wanted to build God a house, a temple, of course we know that it was his son Solomon that was built the temple And it was pretty beautiful and quite amazing. But could David have ever imagined that the temple, that God was deeply longing and yearning to create and dwell in, would be a body, beginning with Mary and now also true for us. David could have never imagined that this would be God's design and that the temple that Solomon built was only a foreshadowing, a promise of what was to come. I want to read an excerpt from a beautiful homily by St. Bernard of Clairvaux. He was this wonderful Cistercian priest and monk who lived in the 11th, 12th century. And I want to just read this excerpt as a way to help us understand how this gospel applies to us. Here's what he says, and this is about the moment of this annunciation. You have heard, O virgin, that you will conceive 
and bear a son. You have heard that it will not be by man, but by the Holy Spirit. The angel awaits an answer. It is time for him to return to God who sent him. We too are waiting, O Mary, for your word of compassion, for the sentence of condemnation weighs heavy upon us. The price of our salvation is offered to you. We shall be set free at once if you consent. In your brief response, we are to be remade in order to be recalled to life. Tearful Adam with his sorrowing family begs this of you, O Virgin. In their exile from paradise, Abraham begs it, David begs it, all the holy patriarchs ask it of you as they dwell in the shadow of death. This is what the whole earth waits for, prostrate at your feet. For on your response depends comfort for the wretched, ransom for the captive, freedom for the condemned, indeed salvation for all the children of Adam. Answer quickly, O Virgin. Reply in haste through the angel to the Lord. Answer with a word and receive the word of God. Speak your own word. Conceive the divine word. Isn't that beautiful? This annunciation happened for us as well. On the day when we were baptized, when through the church, the joyful message of what God wanted to do in us was joyfully proclaimed in the prayers of the baptismal rite. This was the moment, like that of Mary, when God announced what he was going to do, whether we were little children at the time or baptized as adults. And what was announced? That the Holy Spirit would come down upon us and that by the power of that Spirit, we would be cleansed of sin, that we would become temples of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Trinity, that we would be adopted as children of God and filled with the fullness of the life of Christ. That's what was announced. And this is what God did in your baptism and in mine. Why was Mary blessed with this favor? Because God wanted to visit his people. And by the sending of his son, born as savior of the world, 
Jesus wanted to come into the world and bring salvation. And notice, remember, that after this moment, Elizabeth goes to visit, I mean Mary, (laughs) goes to visit Elizabeth. And what does she bring? She brings Christ, newly conceived within her. God depended on Mary to bring Jesus to Elizabeth. And when Christ was born, Mary presented him to the world as its Savior. Everything hinged on Mary's response to God. And because she said yes, she conceived Christ, and she was able to bring Christ to Elizabeth. Who is going to bring Christ to your Christmas gatherings and celebrations? Who's going to bring him? Christ wants to come and be part of everything in our life. Every activity, every relationship, every circumstance and situation. But who will bring him? Will he be there? How will he be there? How can he be there unless you and I bring him? On the day we were baptized, our parents said, yes, fiat, I want this for my child. God, everything that you want to do, I want for this child. For those that were baptized as adults, they said their own yes. But for Christ to continue to grow in you and me, and for Christ to continue to be present and shared in all the moments of life, that depends on your yes and mine. When we gather to celebrate this feast, later on this evening and tomorrow, Christ wants to be there, and He wants to be shared as as Mary shared Christ with Elizabeth. Maybe it will be simply Christ in us bearing the imperfection and dysfunction in our family dynamic. There's always plenty of it. And Christ in me, will I say yes to bear it all in love and not to be negative, not to judge, not to be critical? Will I notice at my gatherings a family member, a family member that's withdrawn and lonely? Will I say yes to Christ and reach out to this family member and take an interest in their life? Will someone at my gathering take all the attention? 
Will I say yes to the humility of Christ and be willing to stay in the background? (laughs) There's a hard one. And not be jealous of the person who's getting all the attention. When the gifts are being exchanged, can I be grateful but yet detached? And to be aware that Christ in me is the greatest gift of all. And can I be okay with that even if I don't get what I want? Right? Saying yes to Christ when I need to be patient with family members. Yes to the forgiveness of Christ in me to maybe renew my forgiveness of someone in my family that did something hurtful? Or am I going to harbor a grudge and keep hanging on to it? Yes to Christ. And these are just some ways that Christ can be at our Christmas gatherings and celebrations. And it all depends on our yes. So as we receive Jesus in the Eucharist to further the work of our transformation into Christ, to strengthen our union with Jesus within so that we can bring him to everything we do. Amen.